Good afternoon from Raleigh, North Carolina, and welcome to the Kenny and Rennie Show. Thank you for your patience. I'm Ken Weeb. I'll be joined very shortly. There will be no early soliloquy here after the Jets rally with five unanswered in the third period to win 5-3 over the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, as we told you the other day, Sean Reynolds uh, is on assignment in Tampa. Uh, working hard, getting ready for the Hockey Night in Canada broadcast uh, between the Tampa Bay Lightning and Montreal Canadiens. So I will be happy. I'm happy to be joined by my good pal, Kevin O. There he is. Kevin O, welcome to the show. How is it going today, my friend? Uh, I don't know. I was so mad I turned the game off after the second <laughs> period, so I'm sure there's nothing to talk about today, Kenny, and I refuse to uh, actually jump in and host the show until I get my own theme music. I've discussed it with Rennie. There is a work in progress when he is on the road, and I get to jump in and guest host. Uh, eventually, there will be theme music, but man, uh, you know, there's just too much to talk about in this game, this comeback, the emotion of it, the way that it transpired, the play, uh, that you know, coaching decisions. There's a ton of storylines coming out of this game in Carolina today. But what to me, just you know, watching tweets rapidly be de- being deleted uh, after the second period that the Winnipeg Jets played today, and seeing what happened in just 20 minutes later, um, you know, th- there still is belief within this fa- this fan base and within this team, obviously within this dressing room, that when they you know go up against those top tier teams, I know Dallas was a kick in the nards, right on uh, on Thursday night, uh, that this kind of restored that faith. Uh, moving forward that the Winnipeg Jets are for real. And that's certainly uh, the impression that head coach Rod Brindamore of the Carolina Hurricanes had in his post-game comments today. He must have said it 12 times that, you know, it's a damn good hockey team that we were playing against. And as much as they made mistakes and, you know, he, he agreed that, you know, Kachetkov makes a boneheaded decision on the game-winning goal. You understand that. Um, but he gave credit to the Winnipeg Jets. So I think we will be doing that a lot too in the next half an hour. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I thought it was, uh, we're going to bypass the traditional uh, buffet activity here. Just uh, just so folks know, <laughs> it might, it'll be in a bit of a br- abbreviated version of the show today. Uh, I apologize. Uh, uh, the- and for those of you who think that it is glamorous covering an <laughs> NHL hockey team, uh, I will let you in behind the curtain as to Ken Weeb's travel schedule as he's texting me last night at minute, midnight. I just got into Raleigh, into my hotel room. I'm exhausted from writing up the Dallas stuff and getting to practice and getting my flight in here. He lands in Carolina. He's got a you know the early start, obviously, that I made lots of fun. Uh, I had lots of fun with saying that uh, the game was actually rescheduled to start one thirty local time, because <laughs> that's when the third period started here in Winnipeg. Oh, People man. are eating it up. Thank you uh, for following along. Uh, Kenny's got to uh, now fly to T.O. and then drive, rent a car, drive. Oh, the hang bus. on. First, we'll first, first fly to New York tonight. Flying to, fly New, York to tonight. New York. Then fly to Toronto at 7 a, or 6 a.m. Then, then rent drive. a car back into New York. No, drive. State yeah, of exactly. New York in yes, Buffalo. Drive to Buffalo. Drive, do the show after tomorrow night's game. Drive basically straight to Pearson Airport and then get on a 7 a.m. Uh, flight. So uh, for all the folks who think it's five-star hotels and steak every night, this is 
this is again, it's not a complaint by any stretch no, of the imagination. Not at all. Not, uh, but we're going to be brief, just, so we got to be focused, Kenny, because yeah, you and I yeah. will get off target, and and then we'll think it's the roundtable again, and yeah, we'll be exactly. chatting for three and a half hours, right? Like yeah, and then I'll, and then I'll miss my six twenty five flight, and uh, then th- then I'll be really scrambling because then I'll be looking <laughs> at how long the drive is uh, to yeah. Buffalo, and we we don't want that, so. Uh, perhaps maybe that's why I'll be uh, handing out the pristine roofing. Let, let's do that. Let's let's hand out the pristine roofing wake up call to myself uh, in, jo- <laughs> in, in in joking matter um, to start off with that. And and when we do the pristine roofing call, that means you should we should be calling North End Rick if you have roofing and siding needs you'd like to have met. Contact our good friend North End Rick one two zero four nine eight one six two eight nine or if you want to give North End Rick a break, just call the Pristine Roofing line at 204-237-7663. Uh, and also, in terms of the game itself, KO, uh, the Pristine Roofing wake-up call, I don't think it's necessarily to the Jets after the second intermission, but they did came out. They did come out like they did have a wake-up call, in some, in, at least in terms of the offensive generation and... Uh, uh, also, too, just quickly, the uh, the good folks at Pristine are, are having a great project here. They are giving away a roof to someone in need. So if you know somebody who thinks fits that bill, be in contact with North End Rick or the good folks at Pristine Roofing. Um, they're doing just an amazing thing for our community here. That is the Pristine Roofing and Siding Pay It Forward project. So be sure to be in touch with them for that. Uh, Kale, uh, where where should we start here? Uh, let, let's start with the start itself. And what, what do you think got them going in the third period? Uh, well, I think it we had it foreshadowed, right? The last shift uh, of the second period yeah. after everything that unfolded. You saw Nikolai Ehlers be shifted up with Kyle Connor and, and Mark Shifley. And boom, they had a couple of chances that maybe gave them some hope going into that intermission. And uh, I understand there was a conversation Marty Johnson brought in, uh, you know, a few things that they could exploit. Uh, but you saw it right out of the gun, right? It was a Mark Shifley playing like a six foot three man today. Cause I thought he, this was one of his most physical games, let alone, uh, you know, the offensive talent. We saw the dangle and the deke. We know he's got all those elements to his game. To me, he was engaged physically. He was strong on that four check and turning pucks over. And to me, uh, that, drives so much and obviously uh you know the elevated role of Nikolai Ehlers and I know Twitter was very happy to see that <laughs> happening and, uh you know the the Jets fan base uh you know those are your spark plugs right that get you going but at the end of the day and there's lots of people complaining about you know Kyle Connor's game in the first 40 minutes and the last you know uh six weeks since he's returned from his injury the reason Kyle Connor is Kyle Connor is because he gets that first goal that gets them going he's a just a pure finisher right so uh for all the flaws or warts in his game uh his ability to finish with those top players is why he continues to be there yeah right on KO I couldn't agree more I thought that Kyle did have a quiet uh, first two well period and a half for sure they can hold plays right pass and yeah pucks. yeah and Maybe turnovers that just aren't uh, you know very uncharacteristic I know yes some people would say he turns the puck over once in a while but I, I loved his third he got his legs going and you know I, I didn't like that Lions game very much in Dallas and obviously there was some disruption with Gabriel Velarde uh, leaving the lineup here uh, and again, for folks who didn't see Rick Bonus on the post-game show, uh, Gabriel Velarde has gone from day-to-day to back to Winnipeg for further evaluation. 
Um, he will not be available at least for Sunday, and we won't get a you know further update probably for a little bit here before the Jets uh, host the Kraken on Tuesday after the back-to-back scenario. Uh, I asked Rick Bonus uh, if it was his back. Uh, he just said it was an upper body injury. Is it something that happened in the game against Dallas? He said it's been something that's been bothering for a few days, so just best for, for him to have a break. So that's the update there. Um, yeah, I, the Jets needed their top line and their best players to elevate uh, in this game. They, they were a little bit quiet as a whole. Uh, in the game against the Stars, Ehlers, I thought maybe had a few more chances, but today, uh, Mark Scheife loved his game. Uh, I, I couldn't, and he was very noticeable in the first period. He was drawing penalties. He was getting involved, getting his shot, uh, working really hard. And you know, once Ehlers got up on that third line, they kicked it into gear, and there, there you have it. They get the game going, and it's funny, Kale. Sometimes all you need is a little bit of a break, right? Kyle Connor. It's a shot that, you know, nice shot, but that's got to be stopped. It's through the wickets from the blue line. I mean, it's not like it was a bad shot. And it was a knuckler. He had, he had yeah. one on the power play early that, yeah. you know, Kachetkov made a great save on that he thought was rattling around through the wickets as well, right? That And that was full bore a Kyle Connor, you know, uh, velocity type of shot. But this one uh, for sure was a floater. But it was yeah. a quick pass, though, it too, It was a very right? smart it's... play by Ehlers for sure, and that's why they got themselves. And a great running. pinch by Josh Morris, who, I know we're yeah. going to talk about, you know, oh. we're going to give lots. There's going to be lots of flowers for Ehlers and Shifley for doing what they did in the third period. Uh, Josh Morrissey, uh, you know, that the extended efforts and and uh, just his ability uh, to to stick with it and to, you know, how does he lead, right? He's not the raw, raw, loud guy. Right. He led by example today in this hockey yeah. game as well. No doubt. And speaking of looking good, uh, thanks to Frankie and the boys uh, over at uh, Corridan Avenue for taking care of uh, – taking care of my clothier needs and uh, if you have some needs that you'd like to have met on that front uh, go see frankie and the boys over in Corden avenue uh they'll do you up right tell them kenny and rennie sent you and uh ko before we dig in uh you know this is going to bolster your case even further uh in terms of needing your own music because we have another guest uh, coming in here and let's welcome him in right now <laughs> There he is. When you hear that music, you know who else is here. Uh, Scott Billick from the Winnipeg Sun. Scotty, welcome. How's it going? Sandstorm. Sandstorm there. The snowstorm in Winnipeg tonight. It's uh, it's good. Goodness. Time. And goodness. what a ridiculous! I heard your flight schedule. What the hell, Kenny? Where are you going? <laughs> yeah, it's, like it's a tour bit of, of a, North America. To there, drive to there, Buffalo. <laughs> there is a there is a Air Canada flight that does go to directly to Toronto this. E- it was I could not catch it in time this evening, and uh, the the cost was a little prohibitive. I got you. I got you. Prohibitive. I know. So uh, that's, as you that, said earlier, it's not. That's it's where not we're a, at. That's where yeah. we're at. That's where we're at. <laughs> yeah. Uh, where would you like to start? What'd you think of the rally in the third period? Let's just start there. I mean, this is this was this had Mark Scheifele's fingerprints all over it. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, this whole game, I mean, and in what and like I'm not just saying that because Mark Scheifele wins a board battle in the third period that that starts off everything because even earlier in the game, I mean, first and third periods, he had a hell of a game, right? And and yeah. I just think that it was he set the tone right, and that's what you want to see. I mean, 
you want to see a top line guy wearing a, a letter as he was, as he does, um, make some good plays to have the second effort. And if you look at the first three goals, even, even the fourth goal, really all four of the goals were second effort goals, right? I mean, you got Shifley's work there on, on, on the first goal, um, on the Niederreiter goal. It's Adam Lowry at his own blue line, making an extra play on a second effort to get Nate Schmidt that puck. And then they're gone. The third goal, it was, you know, there was Monaghan. You asked Monaghan after the game about the, the mm-hmm. battle to Jordan Stahl there. Then it's the extra effort from Josh Morrissey to poke the puck up to Shifley, who was caught behind the defense. And then on the Monaghan goal, it's Monaghan who beats the guy to the puck in the neutral yeah. zone that sort of springs Nemestikov, who wins that race. And Ehlers <laughs> made a great play to set that up as well. Exactly. Got yeah. Down low and in so, his own end, right? Indeed, yeah. Like, it, to me, it, it was everything the Jets didn't do in the second period that let, like, Monaghan got beat to a puck on on one of the goals, the Teravainen goal, I believe it was. Um, so it, all the second effort that was sort of missing in the second period, they brought with them into the third. And, and yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. We can talk about you know the stuff that Jets need to clean up, but five goals and it to me they were all scored. It, it, this wasn't like one of those lightning in the bottle moments, Kenny and, and, and Kevin. There, it, it wasn't one of those times where this team just finds a way to score five quick and and it's all done by skill. Like I look at all four of those goals. I mean, the empty netter aside, all four of those goals were played the right way. They did something extra to make those goals happen. Uh, and to me, that's the difference in this game. And and it's not. You know, and I know Sean, he's not here tonight, but he, he might suggest that this game was one of those types of games. I don't know if he would, though, because, I mean, I, I look at the way that those goals were scored, and and it was a product of hard work, right? And there was a maturity in that. I think Kevin Sawyer said it on the thing, and I agree with him. Like, there was a, there was a maturity in the way that the Jets came out in that third period, started off, um, got that early goal, and then it was just kind of off the races. They scored four and, or three and 404, um, but it, it they were all scored the right way and and that's what the difference to me is it's not it's not just one of those games where you sort of get lucky i didn't think they got lucky they they earned all all of those goals at least i had i had mature response written down as well scotty (laughs) and the other thing is that they played like a good team right a good team that vladi and domestikov said on the broadcast that we lost our focus for three or four minutes might have been a little bit longer than that yeah. yeah exactly but um, you know, he, he said that's all it was and, and they could get the train back on the tracks and they actually went out there and executed it and did it right. So exactly. they didn't just have a mature response, like an older team that's been through this and seen stuff and, and knows, uh, they went through it like a good team that says, you know, I don't care that the Carolina hurricanes have lost one game when they have a lead like this going into the third period yeah. all year. And, and we know their reputation and, and how they can lock teams down. We're going to go out there and we're going to put the pedal down and see what happens. And, and it, and it did, it did work out. Thank you. Thanks to hard work. Yeah. Yeah, impressive stuff all around, and yeah, another you know outstanding game for Josh Morrissey. I mean, obviously too. I mean, I was hoping that Monahan would be a little bit more expansive in his answer, but honestly, <laughs> that that goal doesn't happen without. I mean, it's it's one of those right. things that's so ridiculous. He he won't get an or he has not got an assist unless they're going to add it. Yeah, um, he he totally wins the battle with Jordan Stahl. If you don't win the battle, the puck is out. There is no goal. There is well, no, yeah. there is the no second the effort. Goal, there, right? like there's the no, yeah. there's no one handed play by Josh Morrissey to get it to Shifley to yeah. go to the backhand. So anyways, I, maybe it didn't touch a stick, but I mean that to me, no, but you're are, right. Are, like, 
That play doesn't it, happen without it, Sean Monahan. Right. It's like the opening goal. It doesn't happen without Mark Shifley right. down on one knee, protecting sure. the puck, then getting thrown into. And he did. Here's the thing about that whole goal. That, and I'm sorry, I don't want to belabor this goal, but I think it was so good because it, it happens against Jacob Slavin. And, you know, I, I know Kenny oh, knows man. how I feel about Jacob Slavin. He, he, to me, he's a top three defenseman in the league. And the way that he, Shifley protects that puck, gets on down on one knee, gets back up, then sort of gets thrust into the end boards there, goes kind of hard at right shoulder. I was almost worried at that point because of the way that he just kind of – he sort of – it wasn't it was a thrust a bit, and then he sort of fell into it a little bit. Yep. Um, so then you worry, but then he wins the puck. And then, you know, it hits Ehlers' skate, but it was – you know, it turned into a good play in the end because it was a bad giveaway by Carolina. But – Without that effort down low, that puck's probably just out and up the ice again. And so again, not like you said on the on the on the Monahan uh, on the on the Shifley goal, um, you know, it, you don't not going to get an assist for that. Mark Shifley doesn't get an assist. He only has one goal. But again, I mean, for me, it's just it's Mark Shifley's night. It was his footprints or his hand fingerprints, whatever you want to call them. The prints were all over this one, and it was uh, yeah, what a. Uh, that was an exciting because the first period, like the first period, was back and forth. I think I don't know what they showed in there. I was looking at the play-by-play. The shots were eight nothing on the NHL, like the official play-by-play. I think it was six one. Maybe they showed on on the broadcast. I don't know what they had there. Like the, it was, and those shots. I think it was three twenty four. Um, so the Jets handled that barrage early. Connor Hellebuck was good. Uh, maybe a little. Uh, I don't know how we feel about the first two goals, but. You know, I, I think Hellbuck made some big saves. He made a big save on—I yep. uh, forget it was the power play. Um, in Jack that Jury, second. It, yeah, that was in the, the third, one. and then the big one on Jarvis, right? Or the, the Jarvis, two. Uh, the Jarvis one, because that one nominees, I would imagine. Know. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway, yeah, no doubt. And again, it all that nice. That was a really good zone entry by Shifley on that that sequence too before yeah. the goal, right? I mean, I thought he was explosive down the wing. And uh, and really did a good job. And yeah, I mean, uh, just a quick one here before we go into some of the other uh, madness. Thanks again for your patience, folks. Uh, speaking of things that pay off, our good friends at Cambrian Credit Union know a thing or two about that. If And if you're looking to pay off high interest credit cards or debt, we suggest you talk to our friends at Cambrian Credit Union about their payoff loan. They can show you how taking out a loan to pay off your debt actually gets you debt-free faster and can save you thousands of dollars. Go to cambrian.mb.ca to book an appointment online. Uh, let's... Uh, and it might be a little bit early, but I just don't want to force it here in case I have to run out the door uh, before long here. Uh, let's uh, let's go directly directly to the lamplighter, Scotty. Uh, what are you what are you choosing uh, for the lamplighter today? Yeah, that's a good call. Um, jeez. Do you want me to go to Kevin O first? Is that what yeah, you're saying? I mean, I th- no, I think it's the Shifley goal. Like the Shifley goal was probably it. I just. I love the whole work there. I mean, obviously the first one, but it was a bit of a floater, right? I don't think that yep. one was supposed to probably go in, but it did. I mean, it happens. But the Shifley goal and just the deke is so smooth, right? I mean, he's in alone. Kachekov bites hard, and and that was it. Uh, you know, and obviously I, I really like the Niederreiter goal. I mean, I, I I'll stick with that one because somebody was probably going to say the Nate Schmidt the the Niederreiter one, but I, I like the I like the Shifley goal. Because it was just a, it was it was a product of all the hard work that Shifley did, and I thought it was fitting that he tied the game there uh, the way they did. And it was a just great work by Monahan and 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 Morrissey before him on that goal to get that that puck to to Shifley. And yeah, that that'll be my lap later. I think we might be unanimous on this, but I also like the effort 
the skill and the patience of Sean Monaghan on the goal. I know it's an empty netter is pretty much how it turns out on the game winner. But, you know, with Vlad there, with a goaltender, how many times do you see that play and the puck never stays on the stick of the forward? And if he shoots it right away in a panic and saying, I've got an empty net, I'm going to pile this through, the defenseman makes the save because he's in between him and the goal. He takes the second, he checks it, and he puts it into the yawning cage. So I like the skill and the patience from Monaghan on that goal as well. Yeah, I'm going to go with the um, Niederreiter first marker, and only because he told me yesterday that he hasn't loved the fact that their line was not generating enough offensive zone time and momentum. He said they have to do a better job of getting to the blue paint, and, you know, great play by Nate Schmidt to do that, but, you know, Niederreiter has to get there in order to get the uh, blue paint special, and then, then he gets a reward. And here's the other thing. Nino's been a little quiet offensively. We know that, guys. We've been talking about it for a while. That line as a whole has gone a little bit quiet in terms of the off in terms of the offensive production, but we know that Nino Niederreiter is a streaky guy, so I, I love the fact that he's out there, um, you know, in, in the protecting the lead scenario and Alex Iafalo gets him the other cookie and now all of a sudden you look up and Nino Niederreiter's got 16 goals and, you know, basically on the verge of his eighth 20-goal season. Um, you know, I thought that was just important just because of the way, I, in terms of the, you know, imp- I, I love the Shifley goal for all that it represents in the game and because of the, I would say, three outstanding individual efforts, Monaghan, Morrissey, and Shifley. Yeah. But I think because the Jets have been, if they're going to win in the playoffs and down the stretch and try to find a way to be first in the Central and maybe even in the West, they need that third line going. So Lots I, of talk of how do they get back to December and January, right? They were getting secondary simple. scoring. So as good as Shifley and Ehlers and Connor, you know, finished and, and were dominant in this game, <laughs> when you look at the final stat sheet, that one of the reasons that they make this comeback as well is because there was other guys scoring and they didn't have to just rely on those guys, although they drove the bus. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and I don't even think we're talking too much. I mean, not to you know cut you off, Kenny, but it just uh, – that the pass by Nate Schmidt and the rush, like, yeah. So here's the one thing about Nate Schmidt, and you got to think about Nate Schmidt right now. He's sort of the sixth defenseman on this team, but you know, he's in a bit of, re- yeah. And that's the thing, like, Nate Schmidt still needs to perform here because I mean, you got to think the Jets are looking for, uh, you know, some at least some reinforcement there on the back end at some point before next Friday. Nate Schmidt puts that on film today, and and that's a nice play. Like that's you know one of the things, and I talked to Nate Schmidt earlier um uh, last week a little bit and one of the things he talked about was you know he was challenged by Rick Bonus to one of the things one of the three things that he was challenged by Rick Bonus was get it more up into the play start going north with the puck instead of going ddd and those types of things that goal is you know prime example of you know Nate Schmidt going north getting up into the rush of the play makes a you know perfect backhand pass to to Niederreiter and how do you generate offense, right? You need odd man rushes and you need, you where where yeah. is that odd man going to come from? He's going to come from the back end. We see, we see it with yeah. Josh Morrissey as well, right? And, exactly. And early in the season, again, when they were going well, where was the offense coming from? You know, yeah. uh, Brendan Dillon's blasting home shots and Dylan DeMello was piling up some cookies, yeah. making those well-timed plays, right? They don't necessarily have to be the primary assist or, or the, the score of the goal themselves, uh, yeah. But they're generating offense. They're thinking offense. They're not being scared and pushed back on their heels trying to defend like the Jets have been in the last four weeks, right? Yeah. Yeah, no doubt about that, guys. Uh, those are our lamplighters, but it doesn't matter what our opinions are. It matters what you think. So please leave your lamplighter in the 
comments section or in the comments on the YouTube page or send a note to Sean or myself and you'll be automatically qualified for a frosty and delicious eight pack of lamplighter from our good friends at Trans Canada Brewing Company. If you cannot wait to have your name called, see the folks at Trans Canada Brewing Com Company in their tap room at 11290 Keniston Avenue. And the winner of the lamplighter from Thursday's game is Third Fritz, who chose the one and only Vladislav Nemestikov goal. Third Fritz, you know what to do. Send myself or Sean Reynolds a DM on the X slash Twitter machine, and you can claim your Frosty and Delicious 8-pack. Uh, keg save of the game. Uh, KO, let's start with you, my man. Uh, well, the obvious one, if you're going to just judge them on individual saves, is Connor Hellebuck coming across the crease to take one away from good Winnipeg boy and Seth Jarvis oh, uh, yeah. on the power play in the second period. Just individual saves, but the timing save is more important and it trumps the actual highlight worthiness of the save in my mind. If Connor Hellebuck doesn't stop uh, Jack Drury in, in the, on the power play yep. with the game tied at three and he's right in that bumper spot. He's within three feet of the net. We know that's a high danger chance. If Connor Hellebuck doesn't make that stop, uh, I don't think we're talking about a victory uh, and uh, you know, the, all the good stuff that kind of unfolded shortly thereafter. So that penalty kill and that save by Connor Hellebuck is my cake side of the game. Scotty, how about for you? Yeah, I mean, I want to pick the same one, but I won't. I'll go back to the Jarvis one because it was just that's a that's a <laughs> that. So, like, I mean, when you go back and they put together Connor Hellebuck's Vesna video from this year because he's likely going to win. That it, one's on there. That one's on there, right? Like that. That is highlight real save. Um, you know, post to post, great push from him to to get across there. I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it means nothing, I suppose, in the end of the game, right? Like, I mean. It, you know, by that point, I believe that you know that that three three save that he made there on Jack Dory was huge. Like that's a that's a that's a that to me those are like the ones that win you the Vesna because of the fact that when that save is made, that you need to make that save. But you know, at the same time, the highlight real goal or save there is that one on Seth Jarvis. And yeah, I mean that just, it shows exactly what Connor Hellbuck's about. You know, he can be big and boring in a lot of the times but then sometimes he's he's just he's so big he can make that push across so strong in the kind of the core lower body area and, and he gets across and makes a you know a huge save in the game um yeah maybe the timing wasn't there or whatever it doesn't matter uh you know i, I really like that save and you're gonna see that on on, uh, on the film uh in a few months here when when hellbuck wins his second best of the season i have one other honorable is that also going Any? on the uh, oh, is that also going on your heart to Heart, heart oh suggestion. yeah, are we gonna get into this? Because this, <laughs> it's, this is a tough we don't have one, time. Right? No, I know we don't have a lot of time. I'm sorry, it's I'm, a not, tough I'm one. not. I'm not teasing. I mean, I literally <laughs> think he uh, he is in the discussion. He's certainly. he's in the running, is he not? Like, I mean, he's a top three or four right now in the heart because I I think we got there put are a lot of in there I mean, and McKinnon there. Um, yeah, but he's there. I mean, I, well, that's just the thing. I mean, what do you do without Connor Hellebuck? Right? I mean, where is this team? Don't get me wrong. Laurent Brassois has played really, really good this year. Well, Laurent Brassois has not shown yet in his career that he can be a starting goaltender for a long period of time. Um, you know, the Jets, especially during this stretch, like, I think we got to look at this, you know, that when they won seven of eight games, why were they winning a lot of those games? Connor Hellbuck was tremendous in a lot of those games because the Jets got away from their structure 
and Connor Hellebuck was seeing a lot more high danger shots and, and, and just shots in general than he had been. And, and that's the time of the year when there's a lull in this team. And Brendan Dillon, I think, told you, Kenny, uh, or against Dallas. No, it was yeah. after the Arizona win, actually. Never mind. But either way, he said after that win, you know, last year this team wasn't winning those games. Right. Um, this year, I think it's changed a little bit in the way that the structure is played. But Connor Hellebuck, given the fact that he's just that good, we haven't really talked about him as much because the structure maybe has taken away some of his some of his thunder, let's say, of how good of a goaltender he is. Um, but I think he's shown how good, again, he is in these situations when the team sort of leaves him in kind of no man's land uh, and, and, and he kind of picks up. So, yeah, I, he's on my heart ballot and, and he will be unless something dramatically changes over the next, you know, two, two months, I guess. There you go. Uh, yeah. I'm going with the uh, save on Jarvis as well. Uh, yes, Seth Jarvis was a little bit in disbelief, and yes, it took Dylan DeMello <laughs> kind of poking it between. It was between the pads and to ensure it did not go over, but uh, we're all going with the – I'm going with Jarvis as my save of the game, and uh, please send your save of the game to be automatically entered for a $50 gift card from our good friends at the keg, which can be used at all three Winnipeg locations, each location better than the last. And thank you to our good friends at the keg for being such great sponsors. And that will take us to our winner. Our winner from the last show is Winnipeg Gabriel Vivaldi, who has the shirt to go with the handle, which I love. Uh, in order to claim your prize, uh, direct message myself or Sean Reynolds, and we'll go and be ready for the next choices. Uh, that brings us to the Johnson Group. Got you covered. I've got a good one, folks, and uh, I'll I'll turn it over to you first. Or I'll actually never mind. I'll lead. I'll lead with the Johnson Group. Got you good, covered. Good because you didn't say who you were turning it over to. So. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to turn it right back over to myself uh, before I run to the rental car. Third person now, yeah. Uh, yeah, there we go. Exactly. Why are we here, Scotty? Uh, why are we yeah, here? exactly. Uh, why is the buffet open at uh, 4.48 p.m.? Uh, I'm going with the play uh, by Dylan Sandberg at the end of the game with the goal he pulled. Um, makes an excellent mm-hmm. read. Um, he has to, to push over. It's Tevu Teravainen. The rebound goes right to Teravainen, and Sandberg does a great job. I think it gets his stick. Uh, Hellebuck may have been there to make the save, but it also could have been a backdoor tap. So, uh, for me, it's a it's a classic example of of what the uh, what the Johnson Group Award stands for. It's uh, it's my got you covered play of the game. Uh, Ko over to you. Whoops, Scotty, I don't want to cover your face, but there's just no other. There's just no other. There's no other way. Yeah, yeah, there's no other way. So while Kevin talks, I'm going to put it yep. up here. Uh, I'm pretty sure uh, another save of the game where the Winnipeg Jets were covered uh, was a penalty kill shot block by a certain large gentleman on the back end whom you didn't notice today, which means that he played a good game, right? So very nicely, Logan Stanley came in uh, in the absence of Brendan Dillon, who was not feeling well and under the weather for this game. Uh, He had that one shot block, but he didn't make any big mistakes against a very uh, fast, fast, quick, uh, aggressive, relentless, however you want to describe it, structured team uh, that, you know, normally you would think this is the type of team that is going to expose uh, Logan Stanley. Uh, he only, I know, I think he played about 14 minutes in this game. Yeah, 14 um, uh, I will uh, uh, nominate him in an honorable mention for uh, uh, a solid effort by being indescript other than that uh, shot block on that same penalty kill uh, that uh, Hellebuck stopped. 
Drury on. And again, that game's tied at three at the time. Right on. Scotty, over to you. So I was going there. I was going with, I was going to be like, this is the off the board, Logan Stanley. I remember texting. Scotty, we live off the same board, buddy. Well, it's an interesting, because I, Kenny will back me out, because I I think I texted maybe in the second period. I was like, or it might even be in the third. I'm like, I don't even remember seeing Logan Stanley really on the ice most of the night, right? And yet he had played X number of minutes. And that's exactly what I thought, too. I was like, Man, like usually somebody's complaining about this guy on social media, or he just you know it's just been bad. Jarvis tried to get him, tried to goad him into a penalty. I don't know if you saw it was right, behind the yeah. play on the telecast. He got him kind of behind the net, and Stanley gave him a couple of extra, yeah. uh, you know, uh, pushes. And I was like, oh, the way the game was being officiated, we won't even probably have time to go there today. Yeah. Uh, but I was certainly worried and nervous about that. But other than that, I agree, Scotty. But yeah, I thought I thought Logan's having a great game. But I will, I'll, I'll switch gears here. I'll go with a different review. To me, it's it's 49 seconds, 48 seconds left in the second period. Nikolai Edwards gets boosted up to the first line. To me, you, they come out in the third, and that changes the game. The whole game kind of changes with that top line, that the way that they played. They had the team covered. They got the first goal. Then they worked together and got the third goal. Um, so I'll, I'll switch. I'll go to that. I'll say the move to um, put Nikolai Edwards there, um, to go searching for some offense. We all know how much people want, or this divides the fan base of having Nikolai. Should he be there, or should he be traded? It's the first line. <laughs> Easy off the team. Easy. No, I know. I'm not just, saying just that he should be traded. Just don't you're know. tossing grenades as I'm about <laughs> yeah. to run to the car here. Okay, you, you know exactly. Come on now. My my thoughts on Nikolai Ethers, Kenny. You don't have to. Um, it's not this, but there's people that either want him. McDavid and Dryside are split all the time. That's where they start. And when they need offense, guess what? Right. Magic. Yeah. And they had a good, they, they, it was a good line from there on out and they had the team covered uh, offensively, uh, after that. So let's go with that. Right on. Good choice. And, uh, thank you to the good folks at the Johnson groups, the OGs. Do you run a small business in Canada? Look to Canada's number one employee benefits plan, Chambers plan to give you a competitive edge. Chambers plan is the simple, stable, smart choice for over 30,000 businesses countrywide. Visit chamberplan.ca to learn more. Uh, before I run, uh, we need to talk about Cole Perfetti being a healthy scratch. And obviously yep. I asked Rick Bonus about this. He said, you know, this is not a punishment for a young player. We know the, the offensive struggles are well-documented. Uh, 18 without a goal, 15 without a point. Uh, chance for a reset, chance to catch his breath. Uh, Rick wasn't ready to commit whether he would play tomorrow or not, and you know that's okay. Uh, what was your reaction first to the move, and how does Cole Perfetti respond? Scotty, start with you. Yeah, I mean, I didn't expect it today only because uh, of the Gabe Velarde injury, but you know, Fair, yep. at, at the same time, you know, I, I wasn't. It wasn't something that we. I, I think we were expecting this. Like, I, I think after that giveaway. Uh, against Dallas, you're like, okay, I mean, I think it's time. You know, I, I don't always agree with the fact that Cole Perfetti should sit, but at the same time, he's struggling, and and it, it's showing a lot. And when it starts to creep into is a defensive play, right, where, like, this is kind of Cole Perfetti's bread and butter is his vision, his 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 hockey IQ, like the things that he does well to really you know, help a, a line d- a defensively. Um, that wasn't there against Dallas. And so, you know, you sort of felt that that was coming um, eventually. So I, I don't necessarily have an issue with it. I think they need to manage it, right? Like this is something that 
he he's not being taken out of the lineup because of good play, right? Or or at least coming off of a a good game like Rick Bonus likes to try and do. And Rick's told you it was a, a tough thing to do, right? Not not an easy move to make. But at the same time, this is a team that is sputtering a little bit or had been sputtering a little bit in their five on five on five play. And you need to I think this might have been a bit of a wake up call for the team too. I mean there's a lot of people who like Cole Perfetti in that team. And having to see him sit down for a game, that's not an easy one either. But I uh, thought David Gustafson also came in and played a really good game he in his first did. game NHL game in a long time. December 22nd uh, so, against yeah, the Bruins. Yep. Exactly. So good game for him as well. Um, but yeah, I didn't, I, you know, begrudgingly, I didn't have an issue with <laughs> Cole Trevetti coming out of the lineup because I think it was deserved, you know, uh, and it, 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 it had been leading to this. Sorry, I Kale, think, before I interrupt yeah. the flow here, a quick one for our main man, uh, Lou Ferlin. If you have realty needs you'd like to have met, contact Lou Ferlin at Royal Page Dynamic Realty, 204-791-9971 or at the office, 204-989-5000. His email is lou at louferlin.ca. That's L-O-U at L-O-U-F-U-R-L-A-N.ca. Lou Ferlin, excellent realtor, excellent human being, and excellent supporter of this podcast, for which we are grateful. K.O. Cole Perfetti, sitting down. Uh, uh, you know what? I think this speaks and actions speak louder than words. How patient they were with Cole Perfetti yep. as he slid down for the last month and stayed up on that second line for three, four weeks speaks to, uh, you know, their respect for Cole Perfetti's game, what they think of him, what role they want him to play in this game uh, for him to be there. When he got moved down to the fourth line, it's clear that, you know, that's not going to be the place for him to find his confidence because it just doesn't suit his style of game. It's We've talked about this before with, you know, you have a talented skilled offensive driven player uh if you stick them on the fourth line and ask them to be a grinder that's also in some ways not fair to them that's not the role that they play uh so you want them elevated up into that top six and there was just no offense being generated at all it's not 100 percent cole's fault uh and nobody is saying that uh, but it's a lack of confidence, right? It's not a lack of skill with Cole Perfetti. I know yeah, people sure. question, you know, foot speed, but Cole Perfetti can play quick, right? He doesn't have to be quick to play quick. Earlier in the year when he was brimming with confidence, he was playing quick. He was quick on pucks and making good decisions and processing the game yeah. quicker. Uh, he's come off of that. It's a confidence issue. I think we all know that. So uh, is this... Uh, going to be deflating to him. We know Cole's personality, right? He is a guy that knows, understands, loves the game. Uh, it, it, will it motivate him? Uh, I don't know if that's the term that I would use. Uh, to me, sometimes it's a breather and it's a reset uh, and he gets back in there and, and you know, oh, we're talking about it. It's deadline week, right? So there's so many looming things here with the Jets. They play 16 games in 29 days. The deadline's looming this week, and now the Velarde injury. You don't get sent home if you're day-to-day. You get sent home if it's four to six weeks. This team without Gabe Velarde for four to six weeks is going to need offense to come from somewhere. Uh, and so I think that's going to put you know a pressure point on uh, you know, Cole re- regaining the form that we saw earlier in the year, hopefully. Uh, and if he doesn't, the Winnipeg Jets are in desperate need of uh, offensive help. Yeah, I think the timing is actually smart here. And I was discussing this uh, with a little bit going into the game. And I, I thought that, you know, for Cole, we know the, the struggles have been documented. And I just thought that, uh, again, and this is not just to pin one play on a person. I mean, the the, the, the turnover to, yeah. that led to the first goal against Dallas on, on Thursday that's an example of um, 
a lack of confidence. Cole was not pressured heavily on the play. Uh, basically, he saw a player that wasn't there. Like the pass, he was looking for Nemestikov to be just above the hash marks, and that's not where he was. And the play wasn't, the pass wasn't, uh, you know, close enough to him. And again, other things happen on the play. But to me, that's just a sign that Cole needed just a chance to sit back. Uh, he sat just down the way uh, in the press box. He wasn't hanging his head, just sulking about it. I mean, of course, I'm sure he wasn't happy about it. But that's okay. You don't want the player to be happy. You want him to understand why the decision is made. Then it's yeah. up to the player after that to handle his business and show you why he should be back in the lineup. I thought this was a smart game to have Cole out. Not that he can't handle it, but the pace in this game was played at hyper speed in the first period. So when And you have not, to be making confident plays, that's right? What or I'm you're saying. or exactly. you're toast. You're toast. Exactly. Especially off wing, everything he's being asked to do. Uh, I, I like the I, I thought it was important to get Gustin in the lineup who was great. You know, I know it was only six twenty five, but he was very good in the game. Energy, skating well. Kapari's a guy who Right now, Cole Perfetti does a lot of things better than Rasmus Kapari, but right now, playing on a strong side, and he just brings a little bit more of an ability to chip and chase the puck out of the zone and get in on the forecheck. Straight line um, speed. Straight line game. That That's it. So for me, I expect Cole Perfetti to bounce back. I expect him to get in uh, in, in relatively short order here. And, yeah, depending on how long um, yeah, Gabriel Velarde could be out of the lineup, the Jets are, you know, there were times during the game where I'm like, man, I bet the Jets wish they had Cole Perfetti on the power play, um, even though he probably wouldn't have been on the top unit. So, um, you know, I think it was yeah. a smart move. I think Cole will handle it well, and I think he will, you know, there's a chance here for him to respond. He's going to get games before the deadline. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's, I think it's going to give Kevin Cheveldayoff some additional pause in terms of potentially looking at a middle six forward add. Uh, Nino Niederreiter getting his offensive game rolling is also going to help because it gives them another option to go up if they wanted to. Alex follow even something as small as a as a cookie on an empty net or assist, is important as well. So, um, yeah, all those things, and there you go. You can understand why Rick made the decision. And, again, I think all parties will handle it well moving forward. This isn't a Cole can't play. He's not going to be a factor in the playoffs. None of that. That's, that's up to him to decide over the last 23 games of the year. And I expect him to be ready. I expect the reset will help him uh, provide a little bit of perspective. You take a deep breath, go back to the things that you were doing well in November and December and even part of January. So, uh, anyways, I just got a text from Mike McIntyre, my colleague at the Free Press, saying, well done, you're going to make your flight. So uh, I would say that's probably my sign that at 5 o'clock uh, I'm going to run down to the rental car. Uh, Kevin Olszewski, <laughs> Scotty Bellick, thank you for joining me, uh, yep. making it a fun show. Uh, folks in the chat room, I apologize. My uh, my trigger finger was not uh, lighting up as many comments as we normally do. Uh, thanks for your patience. We will talk to you again tomorrow before we do. Uh, thanks and a, sh a big thank you and a shout out to all of our sponsors uh, who make sure we keep the lights on and are, are able to provide uh, post-game shows after every single one of these 82 regular season games and however long the playoffs will last for the Winnipeg Jets. Those sponsors are Vittorio Rossi, Pristine Roofing, Sweet Lou Ferlin, Cambrian Credit Union, the KNR OGs at the Johnson Group, the Keg, and Trans Canada Brewing. Thank you very much, and thank you all for tuning in. Uh, have a great Saturday, and um, hopefully I will see you from Buffalo tomorrow. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> have a great night. Cheers.